It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. What's up, Talk LP Podcast fans? Amber Bradley, your host. Super stoked to have you listening today. Ryan Thim, Corporate Investigations Manager with Meyer. Is that still your title? Because I know you've got a lot going on. Yep, still the corporate investigations manager. It keeps me busy. <laughs> as it should, as it should. Okay, so for those that don't know you, I should say first, let me back up. This episode sponsored by Genetech. Super stoked. They're incredible sponsors and supporters of Talk LP and all things Talk LP, which we appreciate and admire. So talk to us a little bit, Ryan, about what you do for Meyer. And if people don't know who Meyer is, maybe just like the one second of, of who you guys are. Yeah. So Meyer is a, we'll call it a super center for groceries, general merchandise, pharmacy, fuel station, you know, comparable to what you would see at a Walmart, but we're in a six state footprint with just shy of 300 retail locations, you know, four major supply chain complexes. And, um, you know, so, but it's been a growing business and, you know, we've kind of been in the same spot. A lot of the other retailers are with, you know, lots on our plate for solving asset protection problems. Um, yeah, so so that's Meyer. Um, my position, corporate investigations manager, um, focuses uh, mostly on investigations, but I've I kind of came up through the operations, and I've always been a technology buff, so I've been lucky enough to get to lean in and. Um, have lots of involvement with our technology integration and uh, camera management systems, a big piece of that um, on how we, on how Meyer leverages Genetech and how we can try to connect a lot of the different unconnected, disconnected technologies out there that are helping to solve uh, our problems in the here and now. Yeah, which is a big deal, right? We just talked about at Apex, there was a panel on, you know, comprehensive technology, like working together, because I think Paul Jekyll said it, when he said, you know, gone are the days where you can go in and ask for all the budget for one technology component that solves one thing, right? It sounds yep. like you subscribe to that for sure. Absolutely. No, Paul's got it, got it down right. And uh, since I've been at Meyer, I've always been looking for ways for us to consolidate for our end users too, technologies so that they can look at them through something closer to a single pane of glass too, to solve on how much time we spend trying to solve those problems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's um, when you think about ev evolving conversations, right? It's like, you know, the one CCTV does this, this, and this. But then if you add on facial rec or your own, you know, um, internal types of technologies, like it's just such a broader picture, which I think everybody's looking to save time and resources. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's always a mix too, because you've got solution providers out there that, you know, they're trying to provide a solution and they've got their goals to make something that makes a profit. So it's always trying to find the right mix of how can they provide a solution that works with the other solutions, but still gives them something that they can market and that has value for them and for the retailers. So, so it's, it's kind of a balancing act going through, uh, but I, I, I've seen good progress and, you know, uh, folks like Paul out there advocating for it, getting the vendor and the solution providers to work together to make more of those integrations, make more paths to make the solutions work together, get toward, closer towards that 
single pane of glass solution. Like I think things are moving in the right direction in the industry in that regards. And some of the projects I've got to work on, you know, are kind of proof of that. Yeah. I mean, you guys really are innovative from a technology perspective, which I think is why a lot of our listeners are tuning in today because they want to hear what you have to say, like of what Meyer is doing as much as you can share. Um, but so tell us, we're going to stay techie first and then we're going to get, okay. you know, diving deep into your background later. <laughs> but sure. um, so stay tuned for that. But staying with the technology, because I, I wanted, I've been wanting to talk to you about this. We had maybe done a session or going to do a session about it and then we didn't, but and I know you've talked to, on the conference circuit a little bit about it, but the Meyer Retail Operations Center, like, what is it? Give us a little definition and what it encompasses. Sure. Yeah, so I was lucky enough, again, to be around at the inception where we kind of split up our own, uh, our rock, our remote operations center. Uh, and it really, for us initially, was... Um, it was solving a specific problem that evolved immensely. So we had fraud mitigation. 2015, that's when we stood it up. Lots of card not or lots of non-EMV EMV stuff when there was loss transitioning. So we had lots of risk for loss and chargebacks. And we spun it up kind of at its initial stage to focus on fraud mitigation. And it, you know, I think the first year we mitigated $13 million in chargeback losses. And from there it kind of uh, grew Talk about and, ROI. Yeah, absolute ROI. And, you know, we used that to kind of launch into, hey, let's make this a full-fledged 24-7 operation. Let's get it staffed up and let's solve some of the other problems. At Meyer, uh, we're unique that we have asset protection labor deployed in all of our retail stores. Today, that's, you know, an asset protection team lead, um, at least. And then we have store detective labor, depending on risk. So that as we grew the rock, we also became a, they're one of our main customers as well as the store operations team where we provided that 24 seven support because that labor in those stores isn't there 24 seven, but we staffed those stores 24 seven. So really became before COVID, we were helping overnights when we were open, manage the risk for the type of security and like theft type situations you would see at a grocery store that's open at night that has general merchandise and OTC. And so they had a really a security and shrink and theft focus to help stores deal with that safely and get it reported and get our investigation stuff going and connecting the dots. And then we also kind of pulled in related to technology. Hey, we've got all this connected technology. Uh, we leveraged Genetech to federate over 20 27,000 cameras that Meyer has across its enterprise, our rock kind of became uh, a support for that too, to keep our technology connected, keep it running and uh, be integrated with our IT side to keep things, you know, flowing, like health, moving, like working. heartbeat monitoring. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Support and maintenance for our AP technology, they kind of took on as well. And so uh, kind of grew into basically five buckets of things they were doing and are still doing today and uh, provide support for risk awareness around, hey, there's tornadoes or hey, there's civil unrest or um, uh, also critical communication out to those leaders in the field that need to know if, hey, the police just showed up for this or you had a medical emergency on that or, hey, there was some other critical incident, a shooting. Um, uh, so those are kind of three of the big buckets. And then the support and the investigations and the fraud mitigation kind of fill in those other spots for what they focus on. And, um, you know, I was excited and uh, to, to kind of help grow that. And we've transitioned it now, though, um, where 
we've connected it. And I think a lot of businesses are looking at doing this too. We've connected it to threat assessment. So uh, there's another team at Meyer, um, separate than investigations that does threat assessment. And it's uh, connected to our executive protection and everything else. So uh, the rock now bubbles up under that and more of a business continuity and crisis management kind of function. So we created a new manager that really focuses on making the rock do what the rock does good, which is support the business, respond to crisis, and it still does all those other things within supporting investigation and fraud mitigation too. But now it's got a little bit more of a global um, kind of directive and direction um, under crisis management, if you will. This sounds like one of those things where you're like, okay, I, as a business, right? I'm speaking for the business right now. No, no accent. I'll just do it straight. But if Meyer's <laughs> thinking like we should have one of these internal rocks, right? And maybe maybe they'll do these two things. And it sounds like after you guys got it going, it's like, wait, but they can also do this. And now they're really good at this. And now they're doing this. Like, is that how it was? Because I know your Meyer is on the smaller end of organizations that would have their own internal system like this, right? Or no? Well, we've got some other peers. I don't want to call any of them out by name, but there's some other partner retailers we have that are similar sized, similar number of stores that we kind of strategically partner with because we're, hey, maybe we're in the same buying groups or we're uh, strategically, we're the same size, maybe in different regions where we don't compete. But there are some other ones where they have some similar operation centers, but I think each of them had different focuses. We actually just had one of them up here visiting our corporate office and checking out our, our remote operation center again, because they're looking at kind of updating how they look at it. But it's, uh, I think if you go back probably more than five years or around five years ago, yeah, we were probably on the smaller side that we're focused on the things we were focused on mm -hmm. and not, and you know, ours does not do alarm monitoring. That's one of the things that a lot of folks that have spun up their rocks do take on. And that's a pretty time consuming and big piece, but you know, we've, we've always had that farmed out and we're connected to the alarm monitoring because it's a security piece. And mm -hmm. from the fire side, it's a health and fire and safety piece too. Um, but you know, we still, we still get a lot of benefit from letting the third party manage that and us just having the visibility to it. But uh, that's know, I, interesting because it seems like it would, that kind of thing would be kind of all encompassing. It's almost like they're only doing that. Cause that's like insane to manage. It sounds like you guys are obviously seeing all this value in what you've given this rock to manage. That's absolutely. outside of that. Yeah. No. And you, you kind of hit on it before as we grew, we found all kinds of things that, the operations or the corporate partners or other folks, even our AP partners in the field, hey, can the rock do that too? So we 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 did have to be kind of vigilant on making sure as we grew and as our offerings for services and shared services grew for what we could provide to the organization that we kind of policed how much we did or how detailed we'd want to get. So a lot of the things they do are it, where it's providing at least a kind of a notification value. We we really kind of cut it back for just basics here. We can do these basic things, but our focus is really in these other five buckets. And, you know, maybe we need to grow the threat assessment piece on what the rock does with that. So uh, we've done a good job over time kind of managing that. And I think we'll continue to do well with the, with the way we've restructured on how it reports up on 
business continuity and crisis management. So, but you, yet you do have to be vigilant so you don't bite off too much because you yeah. only have fin finite headcount for, for an operations center like that. And, um, you know, you can chunk stuff into different parts of the day. Maybe the third shift's got more time to focus on certain types of tasks, but uh, you, you still don't want to push everything off because there's critical things that comes up overnight too that uh, whether you're managing projects or managing different uh, events that are going on at different times, uh, it's good to have a little bit of flexibility built in there just to respond to the unknown crisis that, that always pops up. Yeah, and it sounds like from a technology perspective, you know, really sharp, right? I mean, you got to do, a, uh, it's not like you're doing a lot of things, maybe it's in the same house, but a lot of different things and have to do them well. But to talk about, you know, I know Genetech supports this center and, and talk a, a little bit about the, mo if you're listening for our listeners listening to this, they're like, maybe we should consider this, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe we should consider starting something like this or expanding our, like, what are some of the technology pieces that like maybe Genetech does for you or others that you're like, okay, you're going to have this thing. You have to have this, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. For us, um, cameras is an important part of most of the work we do. So if we have an event going on, whether a store is calling us and telling us there's 20 police cars in the parking lot, we don't know what happened, but something's happening. First thing we're going to do is want to pull up those parking lot cameras and start assessing what's going on what's going on now what happened before so cameras were a really important part whether we're investigating fraud mitigating fraud helping a store safely respond to someone loading up six tvs on an l card or in a shopping cart that we can make pretty safe assumptions either will or will not be paid for like those all involve us having situational awareness so the cameras were the center where we started and so yeah our, the camera management system you called it out genetech sponsored this um we've we've leveraged them from yep from a from a long from a we've been a long-standing partners with theirs and um have done a number of integrations kind of initially was geared at the store how do we want the stores to function on this camera management system was initially how do we rolled it out but as we built the rock it became more of how can this how can what we purchase for the store be used at kind of a corporate federation level um, so that we can see everything and make everything flow and easy access for quick access, for compliance, for, uh, com you know, the ability to quickly investigate and uh, communicate information quickly that's accurate. So infrastructure for how our cameras were set up was, was really important as we built the rock. We had to define how we wanted to have pro have things prototypically designed from a new store, uh, from new formats. Myers stood up a couple of new formats over the last few years. We have a very urban market format that's uh, kind of small and usually near your downtowns. Uh, then we, we have a new grocery format that's more like you could compare it to a Kroger that's mostly grocery op food offerings and maybe a small OTC HBC area. Um, and really just figure out what we wanted to do prototypically for those for camera coverage. We also uh, early on in our rock journey decided we wanted to try to get some of the alarm stuff integrated with the cameras. So we have an alarm system that integrates with, with uh, Genetech as well. So we get the signals. Uh, if someone pushes out a fire exit, that camera nearest, that's going to pop up. It's going to tell us uh, that the alarm's triggered on that, that fire door. Um, if someone pushes a hold up alarm at our cash office or in our service desk, 
it's popping that up in real time. So even though we still have our third party monitoring that's dispatching the police on the holdup situation, um, or if we have a gas station armed overnight and the, that alarm's going off, like we still have the third party alarm that's dispatching police while we can focus on our team members, which are the most important things. Hey, what's going on with this holdup alarm? Let's start getting intel now if police are on their way. Um, or if it's a false alarm, let's assess that quickly and let our third-party alarm monitoring know to cancel police. So it allowed us to kind of, uh, Berg integration, I call it, has really allowed us to kind of get faster and more efficient at being able to respond to those different types of signals. And then um, the other thing we also are doing is access control, um, and we also have some point-of-sale integration. So point-of-sales really was set up for the stores so they can see transactions in real time or look, look them up and not have to kind of look back and forth between two different systems and kind of look at that there. So that's kind of big picture. We really thought, how can we use it? How can it make it fa us faster? And how can we really get the full value out of some of those offerings to connect these things towards that single pane of glass, if you will? It's interesting, as you were describing this, I was thinking, like, if I worked at Meyer, I'd be like, I would feel so supported. You know what I mean? Like, if something happened, and you guys are right on the phone to this store, you would feel like, man, they got our backs down here. Like, we're out here, you know? I mean, gone are the days where there's no, like, 100% safe job. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. It's, have you heard that as a byproduct of this, that maybe, you know, in the times where labor is tight, it matters that people want to go work somewhere they feel safe. And I don't know, I'm uh, just thinking like, I wonder if you guys have heard that, like anecdotally. Absolutely. Uh, it's probably one of the biggest proud papa moments when you do hear that. Uh, and even our rock coordinators, the position that staffs uh, that 24 seven operation center, you know, as a manager, I'd often be sitting in there when something hit the fan, but these guys are in there when it starts. And, you know, I think Paul had talked a little bit about this, um, at, at one of the conferences, but, you know, we had that Oxford school shooting. Um, and so we had a, we had a coordinator when the first students started showing up at our, at our store, uh, that stayed on the phone with our store director there for over, I think over three hours. And, you know, uh, the feedback we got from that store director was uh, I couldn't have done it without Jake. Like Jake was there giving us answers connected to kind of a war room. We'd spun up where uh, your crisis management teams asking questions as the inputs come in and giving feedback as those questions are being asked at the store level, like what do we do? And so he was so appreciative of that. And that's just one example. I've heard so many stories, like when you go out to a store and do a visit and someone sees like the little rock, you know, we have our own little remote operations logo, or if, if someone hears you're from the, from the rock, like I've had lots of leaders uh, in those buildings and team members say, Hey, uh, we appreciate you. Like you guys make us feel safe, especially when we were open pre-COVID, like the overnight folks just, they don't, our AP teams will work sometimes overnight in the stores, but it's slower. A lot of our issues happen during the day. Like the overnight teams loved having us there as a resource uh, when AP wasn't in the building. We're the remote AP team that's there to support them, make them feel safe, make them feel valued. So no, that was something we found out. Our intention was to provide that support, but the teams were receiving it and they were valuing it. So it, that, definitely prop up a moment when you're hearing that uh, something you helped set up was was having the effect it, that it intended so we very much yeah. uh, get that feedback from time to time 
so you've talked about how it supports LP and obviously just talked about how it supports your associates there in the store. So what about future plans, like future additions to the rock or like, are you guys like, no, no, we're good. Like we got a lot going on. No, we've always looked at, um, we've talked about alarm monitoring a couple of times. Alarm monitoring has always been on the table for, Hey, is there a point where we add on to this? Maybe not as, the same function today, but where we bring alarm monitoring in-house. It's always something that retailers look, you know, look at. And yeah. like I said, some of those other partners, you know, I've, we're actually a part of a group of folks that have socks, rocks, bricks, whatever they're calling them. <laughs> um, there's lots of monikers out there for them, but uh, there's, it's, there's not a one size fits all. You, you can kind of build them to tailor what you have a budget for and what you need to provide support for. But we're always looking for new ways to add more resources in-house first. We don't want to stretch it too thin, but, um, you know, alarm monitoring has always been one that's, hey, maybe we can do more there. Maybe we can find more value, but um, you got to find where that break-even point is on, hey, are we getting the value out of third-party monitoring service? Um, do we keep it hybrid? So we're always evaluating that and, um, you know, always looking, that would probably be one of the major changes if we ever did make one would be to add that on or to modify it somehow. But other than that, it's always, uh, how can we be better at the crisis management piece and how can we be better at using technology um, for some of the threat assessment stuff that flows through the rock is kind of the Intel communication hub too. So, I'm going to get out of my depth here and the whole techie part, but I got to ask this question just because it seemed, you know, I, I know a little bit, just enough to be dangerous when it comes to technology, but, you know, insulate, like all of the things that you describe through these buckets, like having to work together and, and, and it's like crazy when you think about these technology companies that build walls around what they produce and then they're like oh we have to make an integration and but you know 10 years ago when you heard that from a vendor it's like okay this will be done in five years you know what I mean like I know um Genentech and others right are are like what do you call it like open source system agnostic I mean where they're they're plugging and playing with all kinds of other other technologies like obviously and I know I'm stepping back a little bit, but I was just thinking about this, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about, you know, POS integration and I'll, I was just thinking like, I need to come visit because I want to see this thing in action. You know, it's got to be crazy um, how to get things to talk. How important is it for our listeners when they're thinking about, even if they don't have a rock today, but they are maybe outfitting new stores or planning for the future, like to pick. I don't know if I said it right. Open source, system agnostic kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely important. Um, Genetech does has been very open to work with folks um, in different solution providers. We are looking at a bunch of stuff right now on how to connect different front end controls with, with uh, that. Maybe try to connect EAS technology with our camera system so we can get input data on that kind of at the same fingertips. We'd have point of sale data. Or if we're using caster locking technology on a cart, like getting inputs from that and classifying stuff within uh, within Genetech there. So we're playing around a little bit with that. But it, it's pretty important to have some level of agnostic ability or flexibility with open source. And I feel like, um, you know, if you get locked in too much uh, with a partner that's not, that's going to hold their stuff 
I mean, they got to have some propriety stuff. We, you know, everyone gets that. Um, every, nothing's going to be totally open source, but it is kind of important, like to find uh, where they can safely share stuff so that you can get values of the information passing through those different systems. And it's kind of finding a balance. Um, you know, you can't have one solution provider like ingest everything. I don't think anyone envisions a world where that will happen, but yeah. uh, um, it's it's finding kind of a happy balance where you can have APIs or other ways to create plugins or integrations where you can add value, simplify, and kind of um, just make things easier for end users and make things easier um, to achieve the solutions you're looking for and not have to soak up more labor to leverage them. That's almost like an attitude too, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. The vendor. Yeah. Um, okay. Obviously we got into this and I didn't know where it was going, but I love talking to you because you're so, you're like easily explaining this stuff. Now we have to talk about, and I don't even know if you're gonna have an answer to this, right? But AI, right? I'm so I'm already tired of hearing the AI words, but because it's like all the rage. And Ryan, I think we have at least another like conference cycle of hearing about AI. I oh, mean, yeah. at least several hundred maybe conferences on this. But I don't know if you can talk about it because I'm sure at this point it's kind of competitive advantage for people who even know what the hell this is. But is there anything you guys got going on that you're like, mom, you know, maybe it's this, this could be cool that you could share publicly. Well, I know we've always, you know, we've been out listening and investigating at conferences, anything about AI for the last, uh, at least the last three or four years of my life, I've been seeking out, looking at it. You know, we've, we've been testing some stuff. Um, but uh, what I have noticed in the last couple of years internally at Meyer, uh, we've got lots of other departments, uh, business areas that are looking at it too. So <laughs> over the last probably 12 months, I've had about every business uh, area at Meyer reach out asking about how we can leverage our cameras. Camera video AI is a very, I mean, there's AI that can focus just on our data and we got loads and loads of data as retailers, but there's been lots of things out there talking about how you can get value out of video AI over video. Um, and so lots of the business areas are like, Hey, we got a AI vendor telling us we can get business insights out of using your cameras and we don't have to change anything. And it's like, so uh, for just about, a, just about every business area has reached out. Um, Paul's been very active. Like we've spun up committees. We've started defining what AI's AI is at Meyer, And it's, it's something we know that is going to continue to innovate. Uh, get more efficient and actually, you know, provide more return on investment as we understand it better as the AI industry who's selling any AI products, like learns how to market their products better or provide better solutions that are responsive to each of the areas. Like, you know, I, I think I've been involved in enough projects to know that you're not just going to go in and plug in and say that AI is going to solve this and it's going to do it perfectly. Like you, you gotta, there's gotta be at a level of experimentation, make sure you gotta adapt it to your environment. A retail environment is not a very easy place to go and plug in a solution because you got all kinds of environmental noise. Uh, you think about your cameras, shiny floors versus not shiny floors, uh, time of day, glare, uh, volume of customers, size of building, like there, there's all kinds of infrastructure things too. So it, it's going to be an interesting journey to kind of see where we end up in the AI 
uh, paths that we're taking, but I've seen lots of very positive things without getting too much in details, like happen over, even over the last, I'd say three to six months internally where uh, folks are getting really organized. We're defining things, we're creating committees. So there's, uh, there's a lot of positive force and movement behind it. Uh, I think we're, we'll be able to solve more problems, make ourselves more efficient and, uh, I mean, we've been talking about AI in the industry for years. I think it's got to the point now where there's there's probably been some breakthroughs to make things more efficient and to solve those problems more accurately. I think there was a lot of concerns with accuracy early on when someone was called would call something AI. Is it really AI? What type of AI is it? And yeah. but you know, I'm excited. Some of the things I've seen um, look like they're pretty innovative and uh, just figuring out as a retailer, can I afford it? Uh, uh, is it going to be economical and provide a return on investment? And, you know, can I manage what it's going to tell me and make that valuable to the organization, whether it's improving service, whether it's improving our knowledge of how our customers move around the building, or whether it's getting better insights on what our security threats are in the building too. So, I mean, all of those things are being assessed like, hey, how do I keep product on the shelf too? Is that something AI can tell me? Those are all things being evaluated that I think AI has some definite value to bring us in the near future. Well, it'll it'll be exciting to see too, like this um, evolution of those that are claiming that they can do what we need it to on an AI front, but it's yeah, like vaporware. You know, like you remember those companies back in the day that are like, oh no, it can take your POS data and your HACCP controls and all of this into one ball and then alert on it. And you're like, no, you can't. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. we're going to cycle through those vaporware vendors, which I think will be interesting to see. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there'll be some of that. It's It depends on what problem someone tells you they can solve. And if you've actually deployed it in the environment, if you've deployed it in the environment and your AI has learned it and it's like over 80% accurate, you're at least in a place where maybe there's ROI, like where you're really game changers. If you get an AI out there in a retail environment that can be like over 90% accurate or close to 100% accurate, like that's that's where you'll get game changer results right there. Well, that's worth listening to this podcast too. Just that one little nugget, because if you're, you know, vetting out AI technologies and they don't have some kind of percentage of accuracy, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to want to, you're going to, and I think a lot of them are, have learned through their journeys that false positives and noise is something to avoid. If, if AI is valuable, it's got to avoid those things. And so I've heard a lot of the messaging and their marketing campaigns talk about avoidance of noise and false positives. So, uh, you know, as long as that trend continues, I think, I think we'll be in good shape. So we, so we're wrapping up, but I did want to talk to you a little bit about your professional career, right? So how did you get, you know, obviously the LP um, background story is not often unique on the fact that ah, I fell into it LP and then I decided to love it. But my question to you is more like, you're an interesting background because your investigations is, is super cool. Not often you know, you find somebody that has that type of passion, but then also really good at technology stuff, right? So curious, like on your road, and then we'll leave it there. But, um, you know, like, like, how did you go? Like, how do you how did you mix that in your background, right? Where you're like, Oh, no, I'm super good at investigations, but also love the whole technology 
angle? Yeah, my journey to where I'm at now was somewhat unique. Uh, I did not go to college for a criminal justice major. I uh, went to college for broadcasting and cinematic arts at uh, good old Central Michigan University. And then uh, while I was out west filming and producing shows related to that field, I started That's a part-time cool. job. Started a part-time job at Target as a protection specialist to earn some extra cash to play in the mountains out there. And I kind of got hooked. I've always been a technology buff. And I, you know, I grew up working in retail, kind of in part-time gigs. So I was familiar with both. So, you know, working at a Target uh, full-time or part-time, then moving to full-time as a, you know, in the security side, I got, Target was also uh, an early partner with Genetech at the time. So I got to convert some of their VHS stuff over to IP, uh, kind of work on a project to do that out there. And that kind of got me hooked a little bit back into the technology. I kind of grew up around my dad who was in telecommunications and, you know, uh, exposed to a lot of computer stuff. So kind of brought those passions and knowledge and skills, uh, you know, eventually back to Michigan where I kind of started at the bottom at uh, Meyer and worked my way up uh, through different investigative positions and, you know, ended up here and just good at building relationships and sharing my passion. So I think, you know, the folks that the powers that be helped develop me into, you know, the leader I am today and have kept me involved with some of those things I'm passionate about with technology and integration and helping solving those problems for the folks that really uh, make us successful working in the stores. Well, that's really cool. Look, I appreciate you stepping into the Talk LP podcast hot seat. Thanks to Genetech for sponsoring this and finally getting you into this conversation because I've I've heard I've heard it was really interesting. I think we have even more questions for you, but we're going to check back in with you on this whole AI situation because we got to get the guy who knows that can explain it is the difference. Sounds good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Ryan. And thanks for listening, everybody. Follow us at Let's Talk LP or LinkedIn or download the app. Talk LP News app is rocking. This podcast is on there. So, all right, guys. Thanks so much. See ya.